Hi, my name is Lisa Clegg and I'm a maternity nurse, mum of three, nanny to one and author of The Blissful Baby Expert and The Blissful Toddler Expert. In my job as a maternity nurse, I advise parents all over the world on feeding, sleeping and any area of development really. They say it takes a village to raise a child and a lot of us don't have family or friends close by when our babies are born. So we wanted to create a place where we can all come together, rave about the good and bad parts about being a parent without any judgment and we hope that it makes our listeners feel like you're not alone and you can use the tips and advice to help with your babies and toddlers. Please be aware that you may on occasion hear some swearing or graphic language. Obviously we will try and keep that to a minimum but we just wanted to put the disclaimer in just in case we have a little drop every now and again. If there's any subjects you would like us to discuss or any regular features you would like us to do, please, please send us an email or contact me via Instagram. All the details are in the podcast description and we hope to hear from you soon. Hi everyone, today we've got Stacey joining us to have a chat about all of her experiences with her little one. Hi Stacey, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. Recovering after the night shift. <laughs> Hopefully your baby's sleeping well now and you're you're feeling very refreshed. She's a blissful baby and sleeps oh, very good. well. That's what we like to hear. So, yeah, if you want to kind of tell us a bit about your experience of when she was born and what issues you've had over the last few months and and how, you know, you, the things that you've dealt with can maybe hopefully help some of our listeners in, in um, you know, the tips and advice you can give them. Yeah, I mean, I really hope so. Um, we had a very easy pregnancy and everything was brilliant. Um and I'd planned for a, a natural home birth, which was all going to plan. Baby came two days early and we were just, you know, grinning and bearing it at home. Um, uh, my daughter then turned in the birth canal after a good 10 hours of labour. So we had to get blue lighted into the local hospital for an assisted delivery using forceps. Right. Um, baby had turned by the time we got to hospital, typical baby. Um, <laughs> was born after three pushes, all was fine. We were discharged home the next day. Um, started breastfeeding immediately as soon as she was born. Had no issues at all. I was very lucky in the early days. Didn't have any, you know, like cracked nipples or soreness. Uh, but what started to develop after about two weeks um, was that baby was never satisfied. She was just constantly on the boob. 24 7 um there was a difference between the cluster feeding and the constantly being on the boo but she nothing satisfied her at all she was just hungry constantly we then started to get constipation issues about eight weeks into the breastfeeding journey and she would just be grunting and struggling to poo and obviously all of this was happening in the first lockdown so we got discharged from the hospital, we got zero support from any healthcare. Uh, we were getting no, once the midwife signed me off after two weeks, that was it. There was no health health visitors. The local breastfeeding service that we have with our um, NHS trust were refusing to do home visits. Um, so we had a very uncomfortable baby that 
didn't feed in a sling. So I thought, right, if I can crack the sling feeding, I can kind of have a bit of normality while baby's feeding. She wouldn't feed in the sling. So I was just sat in a chair pretty much 24-7. Um, it also meant that we couldn't look at implementing any kind of routine with baby because she just was, was stuck to me all the time. Um, we tried baby massage via online um, classes that offered zero relief. Uh, we spoke to a tongue tie expert. So they thought maybe she was tongue tied. Um, she wasn't. Then my local health visitor, who I managed to get a call with, said she's definitely tongue tied. Go to a different clinic. They confirmed she wasn't. This went probably around about six weeks. So the baby was pooing on average once a week. Uh, she was very uncomfortable crying screaming grunting wasn't sleeping um it was it was a really tough time um i think i'm obviously downplaying it a lot because she's a year old now so i think a lot of the bad memories have subsided um but um as you do forget when you've had a baby you forget the tough times um I started to do some investigation into constipation via my local mummy groups on Facebook, uh, my friends, Googling, you know, you're traumatised at four o'clock in the morning when your baby's screaming and you can't do anything. And in the end, I came across an article for an osteopath who could help with constipation. And it went, at first I was terrified because it was called cranial osteopathy. So obviously that just gives you nightmares of what it's going to entail um so I thought I've got nothing to lose um I need some help with the baby uh, I went to see one osteopath who was who was great had a very great um, consultation with them she did some manipulations with the baby but we didn't see any relief and she said that we would see relief within um, 24 hours but we got nothing um, so as I would with myself, I went and got a second opinion with another osteopath because um, I believe what they told me when I'd had the consultation over the phone. I genuinely believed it was something that they could help with. Um, I went to see another lady called Tracy, who's based up in Huddersfield in West Yorkshire. So obviously, if you do have any listeners from that area, then I definitely highly recommend her. Um we went to see Tracy and she diagnosed that because my daughter had been born with four flips, she had locked jaw and she basically had locked jaw syndrome since birth, uh, which meant she wasn't getting the full movement of her jaw. It looked like it was opening to the full capacity when she was feeding, but it wasn't. Um, I didn't give her any information about the birth. I, you know, I always just, you know, this is my problem. Can you help? Um, she diagnosed that. She did some manipulations with Ellis, that's my daughter, and within about 60 seconds, um, Ellis's has jaw fully opened. It just kind of like dropped down. Um, and then within 24 hours, we had six poos. Poos <laughs> in 24 hours. And we have never had a single issue since with constipation. And what Tracy advised is that the baby's digestive system actually begins with a, a vein at the bottom of their neck called the vagus nerve, and it all kind of starts in, in that area. And because she'd had the locked jaw, when they pulled her out with the forceps, the jaw had gone into spasm, and she described it as a fight-or-flight reflex with regards to why the 
door was not opening. So basically for this whole time, by the time I saw Tracy, Ellis was 12 weeks. So in the entire 12 weeks, she'd been in constant pain and just been completely tense. So shoulders hunched up, jaw clenched, which explained why she wasn't feeding properly, why she wasn't actually getting enough milking when we were feeding her. So we, we had at this point, we thought of, to do in a couple of formula top ups. Um, and the difference between her being breastfed and having a bottle of formula milk was just exceptional. She was a different baby within minutes because she was obviously getting a substantial amount of food in her. Um, but yeah, Tracy basically cured my daughter within one session. Uh, we went back for another session the week after. Um, and she just said very matter-of-factly, I don't need to see you again. The tension's completely gone. Um, and, and that was it. And Ellis is now 12 months. She was 12 months on Monday. And um, we've never had a, a single issue with her since with any conservation at all. Well, okay. Um, I mean, as you were kind of saying, between the bottle and the breast, obviously lots of us will already know that some people won't. The baby has to work much harder to extract the milk from the breast. So if you've got issues like the lock jaw that you had or um, tongue tie, for example, that makes it much harder for them to suck and draw the milk out, doesn't it, than, than it would on the bottle. So she was probably kind of quite hungry a lot of the time, wasn't she, because she wasn't able to get the, the milk that she, she wanted to get out anyway. I mean, it took her uh, three weeks to put her birth weight back on, even though she was pretty much on the breast 24-7 for those three weeks. Um, the midwives even had me waking her up to feed every, you know, if she was sleeping for longer than two hours, which was rare, they were having me wake her up every two hours. So in in terms of being a new mom in lockdown and, and having virtually no sleep for, for, for that time, it was just extremely difficult. And, and I, I feel very strongly that had the, the NHS have allowed so the um, lactation visits with the lactation nurses and the breastfeeding support during that time, this may have been spotted sooner. But because you're trying to check if the baby's got a good latch on a video call with a health visitor, it's, it's just never going to it. It's going to help a, a small minority of people, but the, the bulk of the mums, it's not going to offer any support other than you've got someone to complain to down the phone really that that you know that you feel that your baby's struggling but as you said was, was starving for that entire time and she was getting some some milking but not enough to sustain her yeah and obviously you know this the whole lockdown thing obviously things shut we all know that you know services had to be stopped because of that and there were a lot of things that fell through the net as a result of that and you know, it's a shame, but it hasn't been able to be helped, has it, in, in those circumstances. But um, it's good that you kind of found an option after all the Google. And I think Google is a parent's best friend, isn't it? It's, it's probably the worst thing you can do as a parent is Google. But actually, you just can't help yourself whenever there's something wrong, can you? Um, well, it's not no, quite right. And like I said, when you sat there at four o'clock in the morning and, and you know, you, you just feel so alone, like any new mum who's breastfeeding at that time in the morning, you feel, even if it's a happy breastfeeding experience, you do feel completely alone. So Google is a way of reaching out to, to get some support, whether it be, you know, you're just looking for people to talk to at that time in the morning or you are looking for answers. But 
Um, it definitely worked well for us, the osteopathy, and I have recommended her to quite a lot of people on one of my local mummy groups who have also had um, success with, with the constipation issues, um, not just in newborns, but, you know, one of my friends has got a five-year-old that's been taking a, a daily tablet to help her go to the loo every day, pretty much since birth. She's now off those tablets and she's been on those for pretty much five years. I've been able to come off. So it, it's definitely worth exploring if, if someone is suffering with that kind of problem. Yeah, and there's other things that osteopaths obviously cover, isn't there, as well? There's there's all manner of things that they can help with. Some people find they go to an osteopath and it doesn't make any difference, but a lot of people do have success with them. So, I mean, it's you'll try anything, won't you, when you're, when you're at that stage where you feel like there's nothing else to help? Uh, of course, and, and I just think the, the two that I spoke to both gave me a free-of-charge telephone conversation first, so they're not kind of trying to get your money to get you through the day. Obviously, once you, once you go to an osteopath and, and you, you get to learn what they do, I mean, I was amazed that they can work with colic and reflux, and a lot of them are tongue-tied specialists, so... I think if you are having a number of issues, maybe, you know, it's definitely worth an appointment. You would pay hundreds of pounds to, to fix your child if they're poorly and they can't tell you what's wrong. So you, you've got to explore all the things for them, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, I just wanted to mention quickly, obviously, there's a couple of quick um, tips or advice in terms of breastfed babies and constipation or, or lack of pooing or not but I just wanted to mention first because sometimes it is it's very normal for a breastfed baby in particular to not um, poo for a week or I mean so a lot of doctors will say up to two weeks is normal as long as when they do poo they're not struggling and they're not unhappy or anything like that in between because I find with breastfed babies it tends to go one way or the other they either poo about 10 times a day in the early weeks or um, they will find a pattern where they go every five or seven days and it's just a bit of a poonami. Um, so sometimes it can be normal for them to not go for a long period of time as long as they're happy in between, which obviously your baby wasn't. So that's how you knew it was not normal and there was something underlying um, and a problem that you needed to try and sort out. I mean, we did go, I did speak to a GP and the GP was brilliant and, and I explained the situation. I also explained that, you know, we are a, a dairy-free household. So, because she said that a lot of babies that have the constipation issue, it's because it's a milk allergy. Um, and as soon as I said that, she she actually took me very seriously, prescribed some, is it uh, lactulose? So we were on that for a few days. Um, but again, that was becoming the constant. We were having to give that a couple of day and we were still not getting the relief from it and and even the GP she, she openly admitted she didn't know what else to try um other than what we were doing and I'd obviously read your baby bible as I call it and I've tried the oranges and I was doing the massages and then we paid for some private um online classes to get the right kind of like relief with the, make sure that we were doing the right kind of pressure for the the tummy massaging and just nothing worked there obviously was something more going on um yeah like I said once once we got assorted um I mean I kind of regret 
you're getting a fix because the amount of pills we get now, even now at one year old, you know, she's a good eight pills a day. Baby. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, but I suppose you would rather have that than them being in any kind of discomfort or pain. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you briefly touched on it then, and I'll just mention it in case people are kind of thinking orange juice. What, what are she talking about, orange juice? So, where you said you tried the orange juice, don't want people to think we're giving newborn babies orange juice. So um, basically, one of the tips that I found that if you're a breastfeeding mum and your baby is struggling to poo or they haven't pooed for a couple of days, if you personally drink a couple of glasses of orange juice, it will come through the milk. And I usually find that with most babies, you'll get a poo within 24 hours. Um, so if you've got a baby who is struggling to poo every few days, sometimes just having a glass of orange juice every day or every other day can help. But obviously that's only in babies who are just struggling a little bit and not to the extent of yours where, where you had the underlying issues that, that the osteopath helped with. So... But yeah, I mean, yeah, like I said, I mean, I, I find that it made me very regular and I was kind of hoping you would have to say that that is just a warning there for mums that are going to try this <laughs> very regular. Um, but yeah, it, it was it definitely something that I'm glad I, I came across and, and I'm a massive advocate for it. I do recommend it. Um, also, just for mums as well, when I sat down in the, the osteopath to go through uh, my daughter's issues, she kind of took one look at me and she's like, oh, well, you're a bit wonky, aren't you? And like the way I was sitting and the trauma from the birth. And even I had a couple of uh, sessions with her. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. And then apart from the constipation, was there any other issues that you found you had that, you know, you'd kind of have any tips that you'd recommend to other mums? Um, I suppose the only tip that I, I would have um, would just be the dummy. Just don't give in to the dummy and let them go to sleep. We followed your routine once we got the constipation issues fixed and adapt to it very, very well. But we didn't follow the dummy advice. We did let her fall asleep with the dummy and we had to try and crack that at, at seven months. And again, worked with you to, to do that with your sessions, which we cracked in one night. But it's just so easy when you're tired and sleep deprived just to go back in, give them the dummy and, and grab another couple of hours sleep. But just don't do it, don't do it, mums. Yeah, I mean, I find there's only probably about 10 to 15% of babies and toddlers who will sleep well with a dummy, where you can literally put, you know, five or six around the clock dotted, and they'll find it and just sleep 12 hours. Um, for most babies, if you're getting to the stage where they're waking four or five times a night or hourly, you know there's an issue that the dummy will end up having to go if they're waking like that frequently for it, expecting you to replace it. But yeah, no, it, once we got rid of the dummy, we were back to, you know, the 12 hour sleeping, which um, once we got the constipation issues, I, I can honestly say I wasn't a sleep deprived mum once we got that sorted out. You know, she was happily sleeping um, seven while 10, 10 while six. And then once the dummy went, we were getting 12 hours. So, um, it definitely our routine definitely worked for us and again my friend's pregnant at the minute and I've, I've bought her your book to give to her as as again after raving about it for so many months thank you um well thank you for, for all of those tips um we have a couple of regular features which I'm just going to drop on you now all of a sudden because we we kind of haven't had time to kind of prep them and just see if you've got any um 
any tips? So the first one regular feature that we've got is what would be your biggest tip? Well, I guess at the moment, after our discussion with the osteopath, it might just be that, you know, if there are any issues that potentially an osteopath can help with it. But it would just be what would your bit parenting tip or hack be? What would be the one thing you would say to somebody who's pregnant, say, for example, your sister, like, about do this or this will really help or remember this for when you have a baby? I definitely think it was the probably one of the easiest things that I found was the Velcro swaddles, which I know they can be quite noisy when you're taking them off, but they don't actually affect the baby. And we found them, I think it was just a three-pack off Amazon. I, I, I got them on my baby list and they were just so quick and easy and you can wrap them so snug so when you do first bring baby home from hospital and you have got a baby that will sleep for a little bit the, the velcro swaddles for us were just a lifesaver mm-hmm. uh, and it was something so simple you know we tried lots of the the expensive swaddles you know the dream time the the, the grow swaddles the Tommy Tippy ones, we, we tried a lot of them and the only ones for us that worked were just the three packs from Amazon, £15, I think it was, and just the Velcro and just with how snug you can make the baby. I mean, if they did one in my size, I'd probably buy one for myself because baby just snug in them. Yeah, no, that's great. Thank you. And then the other feature we've got, and you may not have had one of these moments yet because she's still so young, but... um most embarrassing parenting moment you know have you have you experienced one of those yet um only embarrassing for myself in the fact we always do nappy free time after bath and she's been walking for about a month now so she enjoys running around upstairs and she was left unsupervised literally just with my back turned while i was letting the water out of the bath and she did a giant poop on the floor oh gosh (laughs) that's nice to do it yeah yeah and yeah again one of the joys of getting the constipation issues fixed is that she just goes while she's walking around freely upstairs yeah yeah no definitely i mean it's it's when you get the punamis in the shop i was second baby you know and you're rushing out the door you kind of you're not as forefront in your mind of thinking i just need to rush to the supermarket and i'm straight there and straight back nobody's going to have any accidents so didn't take nappies or anything jolly i remember lifting him out of the car seat when i got to the supermarket and he was literally covered in poo from head to toe you've never seen anything like it in your life and i didn't have a changing bag with me stupid it was one of those parenting moments that i was like why did i not bring nappies why did i not bring whites um and i had to kind of carry him into the shop and ask one of the um supermarket colleagues to basically um go and just get me from the clothes aisle upstairs the cheapest pair of um you know baby grow vests that they could find just so i could buy one so i could go into the toilets and strip him off um and buy a whole pack of nappies and buy a pack of wipes and bless them they I, I just went into the baby change and they bought all of this stuff to me and I had to strip him off with a toddler at my feet it was just awful but I, I didn't want to go shopping after that I just wanted to go home after the stress of all of that you see I probably would have just turned around and gone home but we do have actually which other ones may find helpful is that we have two changing bags and we have them both one in the car prepped ready to go and one um with the pram in the cupboard so that if you 
just need to dash out with baby. We know we've got a prepped bag in the car. And then if we're going out with the pram, then that bag is always with the pram. So that does, obviously we didn't get a great deal of opportunities to use that during lockdown, but but now we are able to go places. It, it, it definitely works for us having the two bags and, and one permanently in the car. Well, we've actually got three now, so we've got two cars. So there's one in each car and one with the pram. So I'm prepared for any random punais that may happen. Yeah, no, that's a great tip just to have it pre-prepped in the car. And if you've used it while you're out, just to top it up again before the next time you go out. So, no, that's that's great. Um, well, that's, yeah, that's everything that we've covered today. So thank you so much for joining us and giving all your tips and advice. Um, no, thank you. And, and hopefully, well, you know, even if it helps one person that's suffering with constipation, then, um, you know, fantastic yeah and was there i was just going to ask quickly um was there a website or did you just google local osteopaths is there a set website that gives a list of osteopaths in your area that we can put in our podcast description or was it just that you googled it i just googled it and i found that cranial osteopathy could help with relief and then i just googled um osteopaths that specialized in that area um because a lot of osteopaths don't work with babies you see they'll just work with adults so i just googled it and then once again you've got a lot of time at four in the morning while you're breastfeeding so once i'd done that i then went on to my local baby groups and searched for their name to see if and, and the woman that i used had come up quite a lot on on local baby groups on facebook um but i had a second opinion because i would do that for myself and, and the second opinion worked out brilliantly but both of the the osteopaths that i saw both gave me a telephone convos, com, um, consultation first just to make sure that they could help. So it wasn't just the case of booking an appointment, going and paying my money. I spoke to both of them for between 30 and 45 minutes before I even booked an appointment. Okay. That's even good. if uh, mums don't want to necessarily commit to booking an appointment, definitely give them a call and, and see if it is something that they can help with. Yeah, brilliant. No, that's great advice. Thank you. Well, um, thank you for joining us today. And I will let you go and enjoy the rest of your day and hopefully the sunshine. Yes. And, um, we will catch up with you all again soon. Yes. Thank you so much, Lisa. No worries. Take care. Yeah. Bye bye. Thank you, everyone, for listening today. We hope you found that helpful um, with all the tips on constipation. As always, please send us an email or um, message me via social media if you've got any tips and advice you would like us to share or any stories um, that you'd like us to feature. And please subscribe to our podcast and leave a review if you've enjoyed listening to us. And we will talk to you all again soon. Bye for now.